0: Welcome back to Radiotherapy. I am Calypso, and yes, we're going to talk about Joe Biden. Um, So, I watched the interview that he did with Charlemagne, and one, I was just like, wow, this man seems very energetic. He came with it, like, very just, like, present in the moment and stuff. So, that was good. And I and this is the thing, like, I think he was trying too hard in a way. And I feel like, I don't know if his campaign manager or like somebody is coaching or the person coaching him and stuff like that. I feel like in a certain way, he's trying to be a little bit more aggressive and kind of play in Trump's realm. And um, in, in terms of like being a little bit more provocative and, um, just aggressive in the way that he defends, uh, his record and different things like that, and so, and I also think he was just trying to be funny and playful and, like I said, relatable, and I think it just came across as tone deaf and elitist when he said the whole, like, you ain't black. Comment if you don't support me or whatever. If you support Trump, then you ain't black. Like I think that that was, uh, yeah, just tone deaf elitist. And I think at the same time, though, didn't did he say something that really one black people as well as the Democratic Party hasn't been thinking for at least the past forty years or thirty years? You know what I mean? I'm just saying, like what he said. I understand why people think it was tone deaf and elitist. And I also understand that, like, from his perspective, I think he just thought it was, like, funny. He was joking around and stuff like that. And like I said, I think he's trying to find a happy medium of Trump's provocativeness and his aggression, but in not a very um, negative sort of way. But I think that um, he's just doesn't understand black politics or i mean the politics of the black community i think he just isn't necessarily as in tune with it as he maybe once was and i think that also has to do with the fact that black people the black diaspora, black politics, and things like that has changed. It's evolved, and it's something that doesn't necessarily get studied often because, as as he basically stated, and it's in um, a different way, is that the black vote has always been considered something that doesn't need to be pandered to. It doesn't need to be courted because you either choose us or you choose racists. You know what I mean? And I get Charlemagne and P. Diddy talking about basically like wanting uh, the black vote to be courted um, for people to be required to have um, a black agenda and things like that. I totally get that and about how why can't we, why can't black people feel good when they go to the polls? But I think that in terms of that, I think nobody goes to the polls thinking I've got this is the perfect candidate. I agree with them 110%. Anything they do, like, everything they've said, I'm like, ride or die. I think when you live in a political dichotomy, it's hard to be 100% one way or the other. Because there is no compromise. And in a democracy, you need compromise. You know what I mean? Uh, And I think if you don't have that, then you just have two sides where both people, uh, both sides are just fanatics, you know what I mean? There's no like give and take, there's no um, compromise. So I think that as a whole, um, I think most people don't go to the polls, I would say, and are 100% for the candidate or whatever. I think everybody goes there kind of feeling like not feeling 100% about the choice they made. I think everybody's choosing between the lesser of two evils and stuff like that. But I do think this comment definitely shot Joe Biden in the foot. But I don't think that the way everybody's taking it is the way that it was intended to be. I think he really was just trying to be funny you know what I mean, and trying to be relatable, and stuff like that, and I think part, partially too, the onus is on the American public, you elected Trump, this person who, I mean, got in office by talking provocatively, um, you know, like, have basically being a, a loud mouth who just says whatever he feels, Um, without regards to others, you know what I mean? Somebody who really is, like, a TV show personality, and this is, like, take away all the politics of it, you know what I mean? He's a showman, and stuff like that. So, you have somebody who is a career politician now trying to, and you have all sorts of career politicians who are now trying to compensate for this reality TV show president that we put in office and appeal to a public that seems more interested in reality TV than the politics that govern our country. So I think the onus is also on the American people. What is in front of us, we put in front of ourselves. You know what I mean? This falls on everybody's head. You should not... You rea- re you elected a reality TV show president, so now people feel the need, and those people who are running for office feel the need to be outrageous because that's what we want. We want people, we want everybody to be a train wreck, and because that's all we want to pay attention to. We don't want these apparently anymore, at least people who do their due diligence, who care about the American public who are well educated, well spoken. um, Because it makes the American public feel some sort of disconnect and some sort of elitism from these people who are in these positions. You know what I mean? I think everybody's trying to be relatable and stuff like that. And I think that this is just one of the consequences of that because that's not uh, naturally his personality. You know what I mean? And so I think that that is an issue. And I do think some of the onus is on the American public because where we are now and the way he's trying to appeal to the American public, we did that. And we've been doing that. But I also think that, like you have to play to your strengths. You know what I mean? And I think it's far, I don't know about going as far as to call him a racist. uh, You know, like, so now basically we're dealing with both, two presidents, regardless, both on opposite sides of the aisle who are racist, based on uh, the collective consciousness, and are also rapists, uh, abusers, womanizers, you know what I mean? So now you've got, you know what I mean? But we've already said that those kinds of things are not disqualifiers in the words of D.L. Hughley. You elected a president who when he was getting elected, people came out and said, this is what he did to me. You know what I mean? And so now uh, sexual assault is not a disqualifier for becoming president. You know what I mean? So we so the American public did it to itself. And now you have people who are career politicians now trying to compete with reality TV. So I think that I don't agree with what he said. But I think you have to understand um, that a campaign is showmanship. And when you're competing against somebody who was already, who was a part of reality TV, who has no qualms about saying whatever it is that he feels, who is aggressive um, and divisive and stuff like that, and people want to tune into that, people want to see that, um, you have to expect that the people who are coming and, uh, trying to defeat him feel that that is something that the American public wants and stuff, but I do think, I think he is trying in his own way to play the Trump game, um, in terms of the aggression, I guess, I would, I would call it, like, that, uh, protective, kind of uh, like him being protective about his record when he was talking to Charlemagne, being a little bit more loud, boisterous, talking with his hands and things like that. I think that part, he is trying to emulate Trump in that way. He, does n- he doesn't have the personal t- tax that Trump has. I mean, that one at the end, I really think he was trying to be funny and playful, like trying to be more... Actively relatable, but I do think it's going to hurt him. I don't think that uh, it was worth it, and I think his team has a lot of uh, reevaluating to do. And it's just, yeah, we're just living in an interesting time, and it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, plays out. And I think that this was probably more hurtful um, to him. But I also think, like, is this going to cause him to lose black voters? I I don't know, because this is the thing. This is going to be like when Obama was elected, it was like, oh, well, he only got elected because he's black. If Joe Biden gets elected, his presidency is going to be tainted by the fact that the only reason you won was because people were tired of Trump. You know, so it's going to be interesting, I think, uh, to see... What it is that happens now that he's made these comments, are the polls going to take some sort of dramatic shift? I don't know, but I don't think the way that everybody's taking his comments were the way that it was meant to come off and stuff like that. I really do think he was just trying to be funny and playful and trying to be relatable. And I do like the fact that he did um, try to defend his record. I mean, there are things that he's done past legislation and stuff like that, that I don't necessarily 100% agree with. But at the same time, like policies are things that you can change, you know, and sometimes there's a really good book called We the People, where it talks about basically um, ratifying the Constitution and like the creation of the Constitution. And um, in it, they talk about how there were a lot of people who wanted to make things happen and, and take America at a, take America to a different point. But at that time, those kinds of things weren't possible. I think you have to work within the time frame that you have and the mindset. I think it's great to be progressive and to want change, but sometimes you can only push the needle so far at a time because norms change slowly. (coughs) Excuse me. It's not like you can be uh, making drastic shifts, you know? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cough again. take a sip of water um so I think that's more my thing about this whole issue that he's facing now I am glad that he did go on to the breakfast club and I'm glad that Charlemagne's the one who did the interview because he's been probably at least on that show his biggest critic And um, it gave him a chance to deal with the kind of indictments against him that uh, Charlemagne has been posing and stuff. So I hope that they do do something with him, maybe after this pandemic or once the election gets closer. Um, But it is like he is also um, struggling, I think, to become... Like, uh, the point about Cuomo, be basically, like, everybody's like Cuomo 2020 now. I think it's hard, though, when you're not, when you don't have that face time. And I, all publicity is good publicity. And so I think that's also it, why you, why it seems like he's doing these kind of uh, crazy things to get into um, the public eye, to get people to talk about him, to remind people that he's running for president so while I think these comments hurt him, I don't necessarily think that they were meant in malice, but I do think they are going to hurt him. So it's going to be interesting to see the fallout in terms of the polls and stuff like that, even though now he's like apologized and stuff like that. But Calypso out. Talk soon.